Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up. And you want more. It's highlights. It's breakdowns. It's analysis. It's opinion. It's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast. And it starts now. It's not even that we didn't come out ready. I just think we, we weren't smart in the first five. We we gave up odd men rushes. And, um, you know, they got high-end players over there. And uh, that's the way they want to play. And we bought into that in the first five minutes. Before we know it, uh, we're down three. Management. Um giving up odd men rushes and you know they came hard on the forecheck in the first five but when we had a chance to get pucks in deep and um, just slow the game down a little bit we weren't able to do that but it's time to regroup and be better next game uh, when you're not playing up to your capabilities right now you know, a little stretch here you just got to get back to simplifying and and when we seem to do that play starting to happen goals starting to go in and wins start to, to come along so being consistent player a little bit right now and we just have to be better um, we're relying on our goalies too much uh, to make saves and uh, we just got to manage the game a whole lot better. Just the little details of the game go a long way, and uh, that's how you take over momentum. Just got to push the game uh, forward a little bit, you know, piece by piece, and we're just not doing that right now. I think uh, we're hoping to make plays and overcomplicating the game and in the in the losses that we're having. Uh, we, we just After that, we just start chasing it a little bit. Well, that was Braden Shen as the St. Louis Blues fell to the Detroit Red Wings by a score of 6-1 to one in a game, in all honesty, They never really were in. Detroit scored 33 seconds in on a goal by Patrick Kane. Rasmussen would make it 2-0. Fabry would make it 3-0 by the 5-24 mark of the first period. The Blues were chasing the game the whole way. Had just eight first period shots on goal and five second period shots on goal. And they would fall to the Red Wings by a score of 6-1. Now it wasn't all bad as Zach Bolduke would get his first career National Hockey League goal. And it would happen on his 21st birthday. So a cool moment for Zach Bolduke. But again, it comes in a losing cause as the St. Louis Blues fall to the Red Wings by a score of 6-1. In an interesting scenario, we'll hear from the Blues head coach Drew Bannister here in just a little bit on the podcast. But... In the third period, Jordan Cairo only played one shift worth 56 seconds. Robert Thomas only played one shift for 47 seconds. Kasperi Kapanen did not play a shift in the third period. The Blues played that third period essentially with just nine forwards. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. It was a tough one for the Blues. Jordan Bennington started the game, allowed four goals on 14 shots. Three of them, nothing he could do about. The only one you could make a case for was the power play goal by DeBrinckit, but that was a heck of an elite shot that came in on him. Joe Hofer would replace him. 
the rest of the way, but the Red Wings would come away with a 6-1 win, and the St. Louis Blues have now hit a stretch where they've lost four of their last six and five of their last nine on the heels of what was that five-game winning streak that catapulted them back into a playoff spot. Let's get you to the highlights from yesterday's game. The Wings are going to bring it back out. Here's Kane up to the neutral zone. They get the puck to Gostas Bear to the far wing to Patrick Kane. He shoots and scores. Drew Bannister said the start was important. The Wings take a one nothing lead, 33 seconds in. Patrick Kane, one nothing Detroit. Thomas will break to center. Bring it in for the Blues, over to Butch Navich. The pass just behind him, goes off his skate. Krug follows it up to the corner, but the Wings are there to clear. They create a two-on-one. They bring it in, down to the corner to the near wing. Shoot and score! Michael Rasmussen buries that one in. And the Red Wings are all over the Blues in the first four minutes and 21 seconds. 2-0 Detroit. Blues get it to Kevin Hayes. He shoots it. High and wide, doesn't get it on net from the bottom of the far circle. And Detroit's going to bring it in again. They get to Fisher, looking for the trailer. Kapanen hits it off of Fabry. 3-0 Detroit. Kasperi Kapanen shot it right into the shin pads of Fabry, and it deflects to the back of the net. We're not six minutes into the game. 5:24 into this first period. It's 3-0 Detroit. Fucking out of Sprong. Sprong goes into the far corner. Kane up the cider. Right back to Sprong. Passes that to the near side. Debrinkit. Shoot! Score! 4 nothing Detroit. Power play goal. 57.8 seconds to go in the first period of play. Down into the corner it goes. Offside into the slot. Bulldook! He shoots! He scores! His first point and his first goal in the NHL. Puts the Blues on the board in Detroit. 7.32 to go in the second period of play. Zach Bolduc to goal. It's a 4-1 score. Raymond pulled away by Torepchenko. Loose puck goes in behind the net. Two wings are right on it. They get it into the middle. Deflected in and score. Cutting to the front of the net was JT Comper. Might have hit off his skate as that puck was fed to the middle of the ice by Lucas Raymond. And that all-important next goal goes to the bad guy. Perunovic over to the right side. Neighbors wheels it in over the line. Snaps it over to Perunovic, and it went off his stick. Missed him. Here they come. Three on one. In. Keen. Far wing. Shot. Score. Well, Mom said you're going to have days like this. Sometimes you just want to pull the covers back up over your head and unplug the alarm clock. 6-1 to one Detroit, 126 to go in the second period. Two left, and that'll do it. This one's over. Red Wings beat the Blues by a score of 6-1. to one. Two teams I hate to lose to in the NHL, Joe. Blackhawks and Detroit. But they do. It was all Detroit here this afternoon. On the one positive note, Zach Bolduc scores his first career National Hockey League goal. Let's hear from the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Drew Bannister, who tried to put some perspective on the contest. We dug ourselves into a hole. I think we had 20, 20, 22, 24 turnovers in the first period, which is usually you know what we'd have over a game. Uh, and to have that many, that many turnovers, that many odd man rushes going the other way, to put that kind of pressure under our you know on our goalies and expect them to make saves and keep us in a game, 
Um, that's just not going to happen against any team in the NHL. We just seemed to, to fight the puck like all game. You know, it wasn't wasn't only in the first period, but we, you know, didn't seem like we could catch a pass. And it was direct on our stick. You know, trying to get it pucks in deep. It was knocked down. We didn't weren't bearing down on, on, on pucks to, to get it in. At the end of the day, a turnover is a turnover, and there was way too many of them. And you know, we're caught chasing the game in the first period. Binner was Binner was under siege. Like it had nothing to do with with Binner at all. You know, like all the goals were a direct result of, you know, whether it was turnovers, um, odd man rushes. Like he, he had no chance on on any of them. With the Robert and Jordan in third period, there, what's been the thought process? There? Uh, I mean, you know, they're not the only players. You know, we had a large group of players, obviously, that didn't show up when you get beat six one on the road. We'll address it within the room and we'll move forward on it. But as a group, we have to be better. They get caught on a change, um, you know, and they they both dove in on the same same guy. But that, that's you know one play in the game. Um, you know, there's a lot of plays that happen. They weren't always on the ice for it, but. We need better from all of our group. We need better from our best players if we're going to be able to, to, to win hockey games on the road. Well, as we said earlier on, it was a game the Blues never really were in it, and that's where we started with Joe Vitale on the breakdown. Race is in a hurry. First shift of the game for Patrick Kane. He gets on the board, and then it was the response to Detroit. They get the second one. Drew Bannister calls a timeout, and very quickly right after that, you're going to see Dabrinkit get on the board with a power play goal to make it three. At that point in the game, it's 3-0 extremely early, and that's when players, of course, on the St. Louis Blues side, you start to get away from the game plan. You start cheating for offense. you got to start sending defensemen because you're playing a desperate game where you're falling behind, which is not the style, which is not the identity of this group. And then from there, it just continued to go in a very, very bad direction. But the legs were not there. The focus seemed a little bit shot, and here you are uh, in a big game, an important game before you head on to the road for a 2 Huge matchup games against the Winnipeg Jets and Edmonton Oilers. One, you wanted to at least figure out a way to grab a point, if not two. And, of course, unfortunately, you got out of here with zero. Well, and this is something that the Blues have had happen to them at times in a longer stretch, sometimes a shorter stretch over the last few seasons. Get off to a decent start. Give it back in the month of November, that kind of scenario. Well, here they ended up with that five-game win streak, catapulted them to six games over five hundred. Move them into a wild card spot. They still hold it, at least temporarily, until Nashville plays San Jose to figure that one out. But then they've just given it back, losing four of their last six games. And it's uh, that, that tug of war that shows you how difficult sometimes it is as a growing team. And the Blues tonight had eight players, 25 or younger, in the game to get consistency game in, game out. That, that, I don't know if that, that may be the single biggest challenge for a team a young team in the National Hockey League is consistency. It's consistency. It really is. I mean, every team is struggling to find what that is. You know, it's hard to establish what the Vancouver Canucks have done this year, what the Vegas Golden Knights have done, what the Bruins and the Rangers did earlier this season as far as piling up wins. And and the reality is that you need to be like a Bruins or a Rangers team and you need to put a stretch of 20 games together where you're leaving 15-3-2, uh, for example, and then you can play that kind of mediocre 500 hockey at times before you eventually make another push. I mean, that's exactly what's happening with the New York Rangers, for example. But if you put together five, six, seven games, you find yourself five, six, seven games over 500, you really can't afford the opportunity to go back to 500 hockey because that stretch and that yeah. kind of separation just really isn't going to do it. It's going to take a seven-game over 500 marker. Maybe a couple go off, maybe play a little 500 hockey, but then you need to go on another six, seven-game run in order to really put something together. And the Blues team 
knew heading into around that all-star break they needed to really put something together, and they did. Uh, now the unfortunate part is they, they need to put another one just like that together. And you look at this schedule, as we had mentioned before, a very tough schedule, a lot of road games, a ton of travel, and maybe two of the biggest games in this back-to-back -back situation coming up for this team, Curbs, on Tuesday and Wednesday as they travel to Winnipeg, which by, by most standards right now, you have to look at this team in the Winnipeg Jets as a top contender in the Western Conference, the way they're playing, the way they're deep, the way they're getting goaltending, and they have a resurgence of a lot of veterans there, including Kyle Connor as number one. And then the Edmonton cool. Oilers, of course, Connor McDavid, 21-game point streak on home ice. This Edmonton team has been good. They've been even better on home ice, and that is going to be a very tough back-to-back -to -back for this Blues team. So that's why I go back to games like this while you're rested, the beginning of some road hockey, you want to have these two points. You want to bank these because you know it's going to become even more difficult moving forward. Back-to-back -back solid games for the rookie and Zach Bolduc and gets his first career National Hockey League game. You saw that you could see the defensive consciousness he's, he's learning. You can't. And to me, he scores that goal, and I saw the third period where he got a lot of ice time clearly because of Thomas and, and Kairou and, and Kapanen, you know, not playing a lot in that third period. The way he's moving around the offensive zone, he got American Hockey League minutes there. You started to see him get into a little bit of a rhythm. I loved when he was in the high slot earlier in the second, just slamming his stick. He's wanting the puck. He's demanding the puck. It's something very rare for a player of his age, just turning 21 today, to come into the National Hockey League and have so much authority that I want that puck, get it to me. So you love the confidence of the young player. I've seen a lot of talented first-round draft picks when they do get their first opportunity into the league. The one thing you want for them so badly early on is for them to get that first goal because that is that kind of a brief monkey off the back. They're here to score goals. You got that first one, and you hope that that oozes into confidence for him moving forward. Uh, but you're going to start seeing more and more of this. Younger players get opportunities, and for me right now, Zach Bolduke, only six periods into his NHL career, but I really do believe he's done a heck of a job uh, with that youthful energy, bringing his energy, bringing the shot, and, and been very consistent on the defensive side of the puck as well. All right, uh, lastly with today, and you did just mention at the beginning of that last comment, Drew Bannister, and, and we'll hear from him in just a little bit, but Drew Bannister playing Jordan Cairo only one shift in the third period, right around the, oh, seven minutes into the period or so, 56 seconds, a 47-second shift for Robert Thomas. That was the only shift of that third period for those two guys. Zero shifts in the game for Kasperi Kapanen. Highly unlikely you're looking at three injury scenarios there. More than likely you're looking at a scenario where this is some accountability still going on by the head coach. Well, if you don't have players playing well and playing your way and you're down by a goal, maybe that's not the time to bench a player like a Kairu or Thomas. Maybe you give them a little bit of a wake-up call, miss a shift, and then get them right back out there because you know you're going to need them. To me, it's a 6-1 game. You're down by five goals in the third period. You did not like the way Thomas and Kairu played. You don't like some of the decisions of Kasperi Kapanen, you really have nothing to lose. It's actually a really good opportunity for a coach to get some awareness and to get some players' attention by making them only play a shift or no shift for that matter between those three in a third period. It, it, it is something that Drew Bannister has done since he's come in. He has held players accountable. He keeps Kairou and Thomas at a very high standard, which is what you want if you're Thomas and Kairou. You, you want it if you're Doug Armstrong. You want it if you're a Blues fan. You want it if you're any player on that bench. You want to keep your best players at a very, very high standard, and that's what he has demanded out of Kairou and Thomas. We talked to him before the game curves. He hated that New York Islanders first 
eight minutes of that second period. It was going chance for chance. That top line was turning pucks over. They were giving breakaways to Anders Lee with the 0-0 game, and he just had to grab that group and settle them down and tell them to get back to what it, what it takes to win. And what happened? We saw Jordan Cairo jump off a faceoff to create that second goal. Uh, we saw Robert Thomas's speed on the third goal. And then, of course, that top line just two games ago takes over and wins the game for the St. Louis Blues. Robert Thomas's comments after the game, we had a chance to catch up with him. We asked him about Jordan Cairo, who I believe was the biggest player in that game. Yep. He said something I'll never forget. He said, you know what, hard work pays off. And he was referring to his winger. I don't know if Drew Bannister saw enough of that work ethic, enough of that urgency, enough of the persistence to stay on puck battles like he saw in the second half of that Islanders game. And, and I think that Drew Bannister had to get their attention and certainly has rested their legs up as they didn't play very much in that third period. All right, nope, and in the game, Kairou, 10 minutes, 34 seconds of ice time. Thomas, 12.03, Kapanen, 8.48. Those guys were getting the ice time early going as the Blues were trying to claw back into it, but that claw never came. What do you have for the Bud Light three stars of the game and your work boots? It's a clean sweep for Detroit. Number three, Gossespierre. Spare. Number two, Patrick Kane. And number one, Alex Dabrinkit, who had the two goals there. So a lot of... Former Blackhawk love. I hate, I hate to do that to your curbs, and but I think you're going to be okay. Joe, we're going to make progress when you hate to do that to yourself. Uh, okay, but I'm okay right now. Zach okay. Bulldog, I'm going to give him the work boots. I thought, like I said, he played great. I thought he was on top of it, brought that energy, which I think is what you need to do. He gets his first NHL goal on his 21st birthday. You hate to see it in a 6-1 to loss like this, but at the end of the day, that's certainly one he will never forget. Thank you, Joe. Let's check in with Tim Woodburn, a veteran hockey broadcaster of 12 seasons of play-by-play. He's covered major and minor league sports for over 30 years. Here's his thoughts on the Blues' loss to the Red Wings. Well, Chris, clearly this was an absolute disaster, kiss-your-sister kind of game. One game after the Blues scored the fastest three goals in franchise history, they allow three goals in the first five and a half minutes of the game in which they didn't even have a shot on goal. Drew Bannister getting the axe out, benched Robert Thomas, benched Jordan Cairo. Cairo only played 10 minutes the entire game. Can't blame Bennington for any of them. The Blues hung them out to dry. And I'll tell you, for a team fighting with Nashville and Minnesota for that last wild card, position. Once again, this is a theme that started under Baruby and has continued under Bannister. We got the power play worked out. That's great. But when the Blues lose, they lose huge. They're the number one team in the National Hockey League when they score first. They lead the league in winning percentage with the lead after two periods. They play well with the lead. They protect the lead. But this is not a come-from-behind team, and they certainly didn't show any life or excitement today, even down 4 nothing after one. It was just horrible, horrible to watch. Congratulations to Zach Bulldog on his first ever NHL goal because that was really the only highlight of the game. On to uh, Winnipeg, on to Edmonton. Time to play some good teams in their barns. Blues need to step it up as we enter the final quarter of the season. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodford. Tim, thank you. Well, one real takeaway for the game from my perspective yesterday, and during the broadcast, Joe Vitale mentioned something he called the two big E's. The big E's. Effort and execution. The Blues never had it in the game. And when you look at different things that happen in the game, there are signs that show you whether or not you have it or you don't. And it's not just the score. A quick goal given up in a period, that happens. But then the other two goals going in, that shouldn't happen. Some of that's the effort. The St. Louis Blues, you could tell, just either were not mentally, physically, whatever it may be, ready to go to match the intensity of the Detroit Red Wings yesterday. And that's something that Drew Bannister said prior to the game. He goes, the start is going to be critical. The Blues did not have a good start, and the rest is history. But there were a couple of other scenarios, and one specifically you've got to look at. The Blues were penalized in the second period for too many men on the ice. 
Pavel Butchnevich comes over the boards because Brandon Saad, right at the blue line, is at the bench. Brandon Saad then skates down to go through the door rather than go over the boards. Well, the puck came their way right at that time. Butchnevich plays the puck. And whether it's a good call or not, the Blues did have too many men were even right at the bench, and the Blues are whistled for too many men on the ice. If Brandon Saad gets over the boards and into the bench, that too many men on the ice penalty doesn't happen. We talk about Alexander Steen all the time and the attention to detail of those kind of things, and that is another step for the St. Louis Blues. That's the effort to make things happen, the small things that make a big difference in the game. That second E, well, it's execution. A lot of passes going through guys' skates, a lot of passes bouncing off sticks, a lot of passes that just weren't caught clean. And that was a big problem for the St. Louis Blues yesterday. There was a four-on-one that never got below the top of the face-off circle. Later on, there was a three-on-one, and no shot got to the net as well. It's effort and it's execution, as Joe called it, the two big E's, and both were missing yesterday for the Blues. They've got 25 games to go now. Two more on the road before a home game in Tuesday in Winnipeg, Wednesday in Edmonton. They come home then to play the Minnesota Wild. Then they go east for a tough five-game road trip. The Blues are going to have to become road warriors and find ways to win if they are going to stay in the thick of the playoff race as they are in a tight battle with four other teams for a final wild card spot. Well, thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues from the game the day before. The Blues fell to the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday afternoon by a score of 6-1, to one, and they are back at it Tuesday night against the Winnipeg Jets. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you early next week and see you at the rink.